Hi, and welcome to Pass the Golden Popcorn, an MTV Movie Awards podcast, where we look at everyone's favorite People's Choice Awards show all, yeah, through all the different categories, cycle through them, and try and figure out who really should have won. I'm Kenny Sage, a foremost movie expert. And I'm Ben Gregg, a foremost kissing expert. And today we're talking about Best Kiss 2001. Officially there in the new millennium. Everything's in sight and nothing in 2001 is going to go wrong. Oh, nothing uh, at all. Especially not after June 2nd. Yeah. <laughs> How are you today, Ben? I'm doing really, really well. Um, yeah. I, this is the day, we're recording this on the day before I have like a, a six-day work um, like streak. So hopefully that doesn't burn me out too much before our next uh, our next recording. Oh, oh yeah. Hopefully, ooh, six days. I'm actually about to do a five day day stretch because I got suddenly got added into a thing tomorrow. So yeah. not quite well, six days, but hopefully, hopefully the next week's line of movies containing like my top four favorite movies and and movies that you've been you've been telling me are great, like not another teen movie. Hopefully, those are able to. Uh, to keep me keep me enthralled for next week. Oh, oh yeah, I think so. And, but but this week we got some different movies, which you told me how Australian like you found some of them less than enthralling. Um, <laughs> I I I usually with like a movie that like I'm not super like engaging with in like the traditional sense, I will do my best to try and engage with it in like a different sense, in like trying to like catalog certain things that like. I, I'm I I try to catalog like why I feel about this movie and like why it's not enthralling me. So, but and and that in in and of itself can be like a pretty enthralling experience. So it comes back around. Okay, neat. So before we get into that, though, I'll give some context in for the ceremony itself. So the 2001 MTV Movie Awards were held on June second, um, and they were hosted by. Couple of rising stars, yeah, Jimmy Fallon and Kirsten Dunst, the dynamic duo. This was before he was like a talk show host, and when he was still like an SNL guy, I think. Oh wow! Yeah, and then another interesting thing about this is, well, I mean, there's a couple interesting things, but uh, one thing there is. This is the year where the category of best duo, which sometimes these films get over knobs on, changed his name to best on-screen team to incorporate oh. Charlie's <laughs> Angels and the X-Men. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, the best movie that year was Gladiator, which beat Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Aaron Brockovich, X-Men, and Best Kiss no- nominee Hannibal. Oh. And there is a musical performance from the band Weezer. Hey, that band has a lot of songs now. Probably like, oh my, wait, probably like half as much. Wait, how many songs would they have had by 2001? Um, three albums. Oh, that's albums like, in that, is, that is, that is so small compared to their whole discography now. Yeah, uh, but I don't think I'm too much right, but yeah, we because Weezer obviously like they have their first big album in '94, Blue Album, then their second one in '96, and then Pinkerton is like a critical and commercial failure, and yeah, everyone hates it. So yeah, much. so then like Rivers goes to like Harvard for a bit, 
they like consider what they want to do, but then they come back with the green album, and then by that, you know, by the summer of two thousand one, they're performing Hash Pipe at the MTV Movie Awards. Yeah, my favorite song, personally. Hey, <laughs> and then, and then that also seems to be a good year for like one-off categories, like best cameo, huh. and be- best dress, and. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> that's really cool. It's uh, yeah. it reminds me of um, it reminds me of like our the camp we went to's like fashion show where we'd have to just like make up categories sometimes. I wonder why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like well, you know, sometimes you want to like acknowledge James Vanderbeek popping through a window in scary movie. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or Ozzy Osbourne and Little Nicky. And then best new film filmmaker, and one of the number of things where this goes to like someone who becomes like pretty big in the cultural landscape was Sofia Coppola for her debut film, oh. The Virgin Suicides, which I think it's like an early big Kirsten Dunst thing too. Which oh wow! Okay. And then in another, hmm, I wonder if they had a movie together thing. The best kiss category was presented by uh, Ashton Kutcher, who does not never gets nominated. And Christina Ricci, who's getting a nom in like a couple years. Hmm. And with yeah, and with that, we'll probably get into yeah the movies. So for Best Kiss 2001, the nominees were John Abraham's and Anna Ferris, Scary Movie, Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow, Bounce, Tom Hanks and Helen Hunt, Castaway. Anthony Hopkins and Julianne Moore, Hannibal. And the winner for Best Kiss 2001 there is Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas, Save the Last Stand. Yeah. And we are going to start with which film, Ben? We start with the one that won, which would yes. be Save the Last Dance. By, you did it. Uh, <laughs> Figured it out. Yeah. Um. You know, I... This was, I, I usually try to save, like, the winner for the last movie I watch. And, um, no, I I thought this was a very, very cool movie. I think, like, the opening was, like, really, really like, strange. Because uh, I didn't really know where the movie was going. I, I guess we can probably go into some, some form of plot synopsis. Yeah, I don't know if you want to handle that one for, for this movie. It may, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this one. I had seen it a few months ago, so I might need some. Oh yeah, yeah, I can't yeah, yeah, yeah. So, say the last dance is about Julia Stiles playing this character Sarah Johnson, who's a promising ballet, yeah, ballet dancer who lives in Chicago. She's hoping to get admitted to Juilliard in New York, and she invites her mother to uh, attend the audition, and she 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 like chokes in the audition. She doesn't do well. And her mother is like not there, but then she finds out it's because her mother got into like a car accident and was killed trying to get there. Like she she goes just too far into construction, I think. It's yeah, because she she's in like a she's like speeding to like get there faster. Um, yeah, because she really wants to, and then yeah, then that ends up uh, she ends up catching her end. But uh, yeah, so yeah, so Sarah like she's like feels like really bad about it. And she like she kind of stops dancing from that point, 
It's funny. There are two films this year where one where there's a character whose like parents have died and they blame themselves. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. Um, after watching another movie on this list, that's so much weirder. Um, <laughs> yeah, but then um, yeah, I'm trying to think. Where I is there like a name? Like where does she move to? She moves to just like. She moves to like the south side of Chicago with her oh, yeah. jazz musician father, who she like isn't really close with. Yeah, yeah. Her like parents are. I'm. A, I think I'm assuming divorced, and like, yeah, like the dad's like pretty was has not been in her life, um, like barely at all. Um, yeah, yeah, and then she goes to a majority black high school where yeah, she, yeah. Um, she's not the only white student, but there's not that many of them. Like it's uh huh. Yeah, no, and then she, like, she, she becomes, like, she sort of, like, friends a lot of, like, the people there. Um, she ends up, like, befriending, like, the sister of what would become, like, her love interest. Um, or the sister played by, um, uh, I think... Carrie uh, Washington. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, I have this down because Carrie Washington, who, of course, eventually goes on to, like, star in Scandal for seven years, is oh, in wow. this movie... And then Bounce features Tony Goldwyn, who plays Harry Washington's love interest in Scandal, the president. Oh, wow. Uh, he's the of... guy who dies in Bounce. I'll add that. Everyone at home was keeping track of the, of the, the, the manifesto sort of string board of connections here. Can add, add a straight line from those two. Yeah, and then Ben Affleck's boss in Bounce plays, like, her dad on Scandal. So, oh, wow. it's a big year for, like, fans of so the TV show Scandal. <laughs> Retroactively, yeah. A show that's great for, like, two seasons and then goes off the rails so hard. Um, but I yeah. watched every episode for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Sarah, like, she's, like, not dancing anymore, and she's, like, sort of, like, alchemating or acting. I can't think of the right word for that, but she's sort of just like getting accustomed to like her new school because she's sort of like a fish out of water. Um, and then like Carrie Washington's character um, takes her to like a club where where she sort of or no before this scene she's in like class um, and it's that it's that famous scene um, that, or I guess not famous but it's that it's that sort of scene of like the teacher like bringing up an obscure book and like of course the new girl knows what it is. But so does Sean Patrick Thomas' character, Derek, and he knows quite a bit about it. Um, and he, he's, well, not only quite a bit about it, but he has, like, conflicting interpretations with Sarah. So there's, like, a lot of, like, intellectual tension between them. So then, sort of, they eventually, at some point, they go to a club where Sarah starts dancing again, and she's specifically dancing with, uh, with Derek. And, like, they have, like, really, really good chemistry. Yeah, she's never really done hip hop before, but yeah, she, yeah, she's like pretty strictly like a ballet, a ballet gal. Um, yes. Yeah, and then um, trying to think because I know I think there's two separate dance scenes. I'm not sure, I'm not sure which time is first, but there there is a part where um, Derek's ex, played by um, what would it be, Benica, or my totally uh, Bianca, Bianca, Bianca uh, Lawson, uh, whose character is Nikki. Um, there she's sort of like an ex of Derek, and like they start dancing in sort of I don't know how many of our fans have seen like 
in the heights but in sort of like an in the heights conflict of of this girl i like <laughs> dance with a guy for like 15 seconds so i'm really upset um but it's yeah it's it's like sarah's like kind of like upset um but like that that conflict doesn't last like very long it's just sort of like setting up like further tensions in the movie um and then sort of after that club scene like sarah sarah um like wants like starts like dancing with derek like in like a where in like a warehouse or like one of those like new york buildings that have like the glass like panels that you always see in like those really artsy movies um and then i guess i guess going through like i guess um under under the surface of all of this is like this constant conflict with um fredro star's character um maliki oh yeah uh or malachi malachi Malachi, maybe that would make sense um yeah um malachi who's like involved in like um like some form of like gang violence like there's like a shootout in one scene or uh, not shootout a a drive-by in one scene um and like derek is like pretty against this um because like derek is like a very like he's like a very like like gifted student and he like know he knows that like um he he, like he doesn't want to like i guess it's not that he doesn't want to ruin his chances but he like he knows that other people are like super capable or not, I guess not super capable, but like are capable of like kind of making the same strides that he does. And with all this, he also like really wants to support Sarah in like her audition. And then there's like a bit of conflict because like everybody's looking at their like relationship weird. And then, um, uh, yeah, Carrie's Washington's character at, at some point then sort of like can sort of like has like a, um, like a bit of like an outburst at Sarah's character, kind of saying that like she's like really upset that like, a white girl's coming in and like taking like the smartest like black guy and like how like that's like really like messed up to her and like yeah she's yeah. saying that like she doesn't agree or she doesn't agree with like the beef but she kind of gets it because yeah something about Carrie Washington's character is she's a single mother who's having relationship problems with her ex boyfriend Kenny um yeah <laughs> I'd look for a Kenny representation in the Sears movie <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I guess to like, I guess to like refine that. It's not like um, Carrie Washington's characters. Like, it's not like her. She's like, she's sort of just acting as like the vessel to like voice like the the sort of general like what sort of a lot of people are feeling about the situation. It's not like her specific problem with it. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, it's probably her. It's probably a thought she had, but yeah, exactly. It is but definitely it's... a a thing where like. It's a film that sort of looks in the kind of tensions in of the interracial relationships, yeah. which are, yeah, fortunately, still a thing that comes up now and now and then. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's super. Yeah, it's super strange. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's Julia Salzga's interview where she was like, when she made it, she's like, "Oh, is this like something people still really have a problem with?" And then was surprised to learn, like, and she admits yeah. this was like her white privilege speaking. Yes, this is something that people still have a problem with. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely like, yeah, it's even in even now this movie from like two thousand, especially. Oh, I would assume especially in like something like two thousand one. Um, good thing in two thousand one, there would never be any events that would trigger like racially charged, bigoted people. Um, I'm glad that 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 definitely there definitely wouldn't be something that would cause a spike of that in two thousand one. 
Um, this is the episode we're just subtly like talking around this event. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> good look for us. Just... Exactly. Listen, <laughs> this is a tasteful podcast. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, so this sort of this like when Sarah's sort of made aware of this. It sort of like start, starts to cause a bit of friction between her and Derek, um, to the point where like they don't really, um, they don't really like break up as much as they just kind of like are a little bit distant from each other for like a while. Um, yeah, and Derek and, doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, D- yeah, Derek. Derek is like, and also like a side note, um, Derek is being very very sweet in this movie. I remember, I think I took notes specifically just because like. I thought he was being quite cute and and uh, very nice. And we oh, kind of yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll actually come back around to it after the synopsis about like the kiss. But I think the kiss is like very very sweet. Um, yeah, the ki- the kisses are good. They have very good chemistry. I'll tell you that. And yeah, then... exactly. No, absolutely. Yeah. So trying to put a, a capper on the movie itself is that yeah, Sarah has like her like second big audition, um, and like Derek like almost isn't like showing up. Um, and, and like Derek's kind of big conflict is that, um, Malachi like needs him like at like this like gang confrontation. Um, but like he decides to like completely leave it and then go to Sarah's audition. Um, like sort of like being like there for her. Um, and like they end up like back together at the end. Um, and then the, the sort of, um, gang event that Malachi was going to, like do ends up just getting like, like narked on um and uh malachi is like put into custody and then the movie sort of ends with like a, them at the club just dancing and having a really good time yeah that's like a good thing for it oh yeah and so i was just saying you're rising to the audition it's like a critical point so, like she's not sure and then he shows up and like it's... oh yeah she's she's like she's like like um yeah she like fumbling she's like not she like kind of starts, but then she goes, "Oh no, I, I like I haven't started yet." Um, yeah, no, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, uh, it's a good scene. I like it. Yeah, and then, and then there's um, also there, there also is resolution where like eventually he finds out what his sister like Shanil had said, and then he confronts her and explains that you know it's he the reason he dumped Nikki was because she was like terrible and like had was not treating him well and. That kind of causes her to have regret, and she admits, you know, she was wrong. And then that's when she t- tells him that basically she's like, "Oh, so Sarah didn't want to like, you know, again, it's not like a full on dumping, dumping like, yeah, they're more just like, they her out, but her words hurt her to the point where she felt forced to, and then she was just kind of resentful for how like her own like yeah boyfriend had been treating her and stuff, and like it's it's an interesting thing because like she needs a character who I think in. Uh, films by white directors maybe could be a much more stereotypical, but like Harry Washington does a really good oh, yeah. job of her here. Like it's yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely like you never feel like like characters are like like characters always have like pretty good like justifications for their feelings and like they they like express it in like very like readable like ways. Um, yeah, and it, it's always a thing with this film when it's like set at like uh, you know the underprivileged South Side thing thing where like. You, obviously there's some concern of like yeah black characters falling back on like easy stereotypes and stuff and i think this film like does like a pretty good job at 
getting around that and with stuff like yeah. oh yeah Der Derek's big dream is he wants to be a pediatrician like it's yeah yeah it definitely like it definitely feels like a, like a very like like honest portrayal um mm -hmm. but um yeah um would you happen to know because i think there are two kisses in this movie unless is there a kiss at the end that i'm forgetting i mean i'm gonna assume there's a kiss at the end it's yeah yeah, this it's, one like it's it's hard to fi figure out a bit. Like it's yeah, um, yeah. Because I remember, I I think I counted like two kisses because there's like their first kiss that's like really really cute, and then like there's like their kiss that they had like post that like almost in the heights moment where like the he was dancing with another girl. Um, I remember they have like a kiss like after that scene. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's tough as honestly it could be either one of those, I think. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I think uh I think going forward I think I'll probably use like the first kiss as like my grounding. I think this is like a very, very cute kiss. Um, like you said earlier, like the, the two main characters having so much chemistry definitely helps out a lot. Um no, I absolutely adored this one. Yeah, this one was interesting. Um Fun fact is one of the production companies on this, or you might have seen this, was MTV Production. Oh, I, yeah, they had a stake in this film doing well, but yeah, I think that was the first thing I see when I booted up the movie, and I was like, oh, like, there's somewhat, there's probably a little bit of bias going on, but like honestly, I think they made a pretty good choice. Um, yeah. I think it's hard to like. I, I think there's probably only one movie that would be like a really good contender for for the winner on this. Um, oh yeah, I. Definitely agree with you there. Um, oh, and then because this is the winner, and because I definitely haven't been forgetting to like mention what the acceptance speeches are every time. This one had both Julia Stiles and Sean Patrick Thomas, and continuing that kind of trend trend of people re like kind of redoing the kisses. This is acceptance speech where they're there, and they're you know let's both kind of they're not quite sure what to say and. And Patrick Thomas is like, hey, you know, I'd like to thank Julia Stiles for you know, being beautiful and sexy. And then she's like, oh, and I'd like to thank Sean Patrick Thomas for being beautiful and sexy. And then, like, they're just kind of saitting there. Uh -huh. Everyone's, like, cheer cheering, like, and going nuts. And they're like, um... And she's like, well, I don't know. We're supposed to do something funny and weird, but, like, I don't know. And then they, like, stare at each other. Like, <laughs> And then eventually they're like, well, I guess we have to, right? They're like, yeah. And then they do like a kiss and everyone just goes nuts for it. Like it's it's very endearing. It's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, I really like that. Yeah. Yeah, very sweet, very romantic kiss. Yeah, kiss. Yeah. Like for a very sweet, very romantic movie. And yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think in a in a year of like very kind of out there movies. This was like a pretty like nice, like grounded, like cute romance. Out there movies. Whatever could you be talking about? <laughs> Anyways, next up is a real horror film, scary, scary movie. Ah, uh, I, yeah. In full honesty, I I think the last time I saw this was like a couple of weeks ago. So like my memory of it's a bit shaky. But I also watched it like like five hundred times as a kid. I don't know why, but as a kid, like stuff like this. Like everything, like this super like juvenile, like meet the Spartans, like uh, epic movie, like this stuff just rang a bell with me um, when I was younger. Yeah, so this is uh, so we get two years like in a row. This is the first one where we cover spoof movies. Um, <laughs> obviously, scary movie is one of the pioneers. Better, yeah, better regarded ones, though. Like it's. 
I'll say like it's not as good as the one we're gonna cover ne- next week. It's yeah. Part of the reason I think it's highly regarded and it's about mixed reception is just because the genre takes like such a bleak turn. Um, just oh, in yeah. the in the two thousands. Um, yeah, because <laughs> as you alluded to, Ben, and oh, yeah, here's something I I learned recently. So. Meet the Spartans, epic movie, like all all those films that kind of go in are are directed by like these yeah these two gu- two guys there, uh, Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer. Oh who, yeah. In every trailer, I don't know if you remember ever seeing trailers for these because you were been pretty young, but it's like from two of the six writers on Scary Movie. Ah, Just... <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what I learned was Jason Friedberg and Aaron Seltzer, these guys, actually had like n- really nothing to do with the writing a scary movie. It's oh, they yeah. had a similar like horror film parody script at that time that the company and and like the company that produced it bought the rights to it from them because like they there was something on there they had like the structure or whatever. So they took like a writing credit, but like they had nothing to do with this film, which is mostly the product of the Wayans brothers just <laughs> and they just coasted on the like on a contractual writing credit <laughs> to just make these awful spoof films which are often based not on like not on like movies but on trailers for movies so they could say fresh oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no I, I those guys um they definitely like yeah. I think I think the first two scary movies are written by like um, yeah. I think are they written by the Wayne brothers? I, I know the first two. Yeah, the uh, Wayne brothers, and then the Wayne brothers are like in. I think still involved to some degree in three and four. Five is the one that really doesn't have. Oh, or or no, maybe no. Five just doesn't have the uh, actresses. But yeah, the Wayne brothers are involved with yeah. the first two. Um, then they keep making them and. Like mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen the others, but I know that the series does not get better over time. Not really. No, I feel like maybe five. I've I, like if you if I were to plot it out like like a mathematician on a chart, I could definitely see an argument from someone who's seen five to go like, oh, it comes back around. Um, because yeah, they get objectively worse, like almost objectively worse, like each movie. But I could definitely, but I like, I kind of like some of the jokes in like three and four, I definitely see like coming around like, oh, if you made an entire movie of jokes like this bad, it would actually be hilarious. Um, <laughs> I could definitely see like it to- totally coming around um, on that. But yeah. Um, yeah, this movie is kind of just a. Um, uh a uh like a spoof of scream um and i don't and i know what you did last summer that's that's kind of their two main the two main and they're like sort of like parody parody fuel from um which is like really confusing because like scream is already kind of like a meta scary movie so to see like a meta, meta scary movie is like like yeah i have a friend whose take on this is like you can't use Scream as the basis for your spoof film. That's cheating. Like, That's just... cheating. And and for all we know, this movie could just be canon in the Scream universe. Uh, for all we know. 
Um, yeah. Now, Scream, like, I-, I will say, like, it's, Scream is, is, like, as much as it is, like, playing on here's the tropes of horror films, yeah, it also it does, does work effectively as, like, a straight-up, like, horror slasher movie, so it's not, like, a full thing where I'm like, oh, oh, like, it's not like they're spoofing a spoof, but, like, it is something where it's like, oh, yeah, it's, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe get more creative next time. If you need some help, bring in stuff from other, like, Oh wait, there are other pop culture references here. This whole, the whole thing ends on like a on like a freaking like Usual <laughs> Suspects. Oof, just <laughs> oh yeah, um, and they also I guess it's also kind of relevant to um to what would be uh two weeks ago or two episodes ago is that this movie does have like a scene where characters are watching Shakespeare in Love. Oh um, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice. That's another little connection you can make between all of these movies. I wonder if yeah. any of these movies are completely devoid of that. There's no connections at all. Yeah, no and this film also has at least who appears to be like a mentally challenged character who's named Doofy. Yep. <laughs> but yeah. it's almost saved by like the end reveal. Oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which basically works because it makes no sense with anything else established that this. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely just sort of like because I feel like wasn't there like a similar twist in like the Scream movies? Or I guess not a similar twist, but like there was like a twist in like the Scream movies of like who the killer is. Um, There's always like a well, this, in in the original Scream, the idea is it's the boyfriend, so yeah. which they which they almost kind of do, but they're. Yeah, but then there's like some twi- twist in on it, and then yeah, I feel it like, wasn't the twist in like the first scream is that it was it was two people like kind of conspiring, or was that yeah. like okay yeah so I was like Am yeah I that with this movie, and then I've actually only seen the first and fourth screams, which in my so for my money those are like the best one, and, <laughs> and then the fourth scream is like they're setting it up to make you think oh it's the next generation. And then it turns out the next generation are, like, the bad guys who want to kill, like, the heroes from the first one so they can succeed them as the reboot. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's, yeah, I think your friend was right in that. Like, it's, like, you can't, you can't make a spoof out of Scream because it's already so, it already feels, like, pretty spoofified already um, with, like, how it handles, like, the genre. Yeah. 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 You know, like, like... uh, oh, sorry. Go on. Scream is a good scream is a good structure. It's... Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. I feel like this movie is like really hard to do like a plot synopsis of because it's it's like kind of just like a bunch of disconjoint, not super disconjointed. It definitely gets worse in later movies, but like semi disconjointed gags that like you could kind of throw in any order. Um, yeah, it's like... vaguely the plot of like Scream, and I don't. Yeah. And I don't you know last time I read there's a killer that starts killing people. There's a connection to like this hit and run the run they were all involved with. Though as we learned out, the guy that like hit and run was actually fine, but then he just they eventually gets killed game and hit by something while they're arguing oh, yeah. about how they're gonna get rid of the body, which is a really <laughs> good gag. That is oh yeah, I absolutely remember that. That is actually a really, really good gag. Yeah. But um yeah, I, I guess the best synopsis for this movie is that, um, like, take off some scenes from Scream, um, some scenes from, like, uh, 
from like I know what you did last summer and like pretend like Smosh did them. Um, and then that you then would probably just have scary movie, I think, after the end of that. Yeah, um, like it obviously opens with like the famous opening scene, a sequence of screen where like someone more famous than anyone else in the movie gets killed. In this case, Carmen Electra, who oh, yeah. who will show up later as the best kiss not winner, actually, for like yeah, Starsky and Hutch. But this scene is good because. They, it has arguably one of their best jokes off top, where like the ki- the killer asks, "Oh, what's your scary movie?" And she's like, uh, K- "Kazam!" You know the the Shaq film where he plays a genie. And it's like, That's not a scary movie. And then she's like, "Clearly, you've never seen Shaq try to act." <laughs> oh man! <laughs> I actually have you ever seen Shazam? I cut. Kazam, yeah. Oh, Kazam, Shaz- yeah. Shazam is the fic- is the movie everyone thinks exists where Sinbad plays like a genie. <laughs> also, it's like the actual superhero it. film with like yeah, 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 Kazam. My only um like snapshot memory of like Kazam is like when he wishes it to rain food and then it rains a bunch of food and it like looks kind of gross because all the food's touching the ground. Yeah, I I like kind of remember Kazam, but. I was just seen it as a kid, and I'm like, oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely like some good bits in this one. Like, obviously, there's oh, a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, th- there's a reason that like I watched it like a million times as a kid. Like, and honestly, like I, it's 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 got some like really solid bits in there. Do you want do you want to start talking about the kiss? Yeah. So the kiss. Uh, one of the things is. That goes on is yeah oh yeah this film is like the action debut of its star Anna Ferris who had never really done like a big big movie before and then you know eventually go goes on to her big thing is she stars in the CBS sitcom Mom that becomes a thing but she's yeah but she's done stuff like she's in the Cloudy with a Chance of Meatball franchise there uh, mm-hmm. the House Bunny is one like she I believe she's the lead of that and. But this is kind of her first pro- first film, which is kind of because, and the character she's playing, like in, in the model of like these kind of heroines from other nineties horror films, is is like a virgin, and it is kind of like a running thing where her boyfriend keeps like wanting to like pre- pressure her, and then she's like, oh yeah, no, you know, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, but then like. When the when the kiss and stuff finally ha- happens, and when they like finally have this scene, it's like the the joke is that she's like so like aggressive with it that like she wears him out really, it's, <laughs> which is uh, which is a decent bit, but also something where like when I you know try to look up and you want to say anything about this movie, it's like Anna Ferris going. Yeah, um, it was my like first film, and I had to do this scene, and was kind of nervous. And one of the weigh-ins, Robert's in me, and he's like, "Yeah, I told her that it's the scene thing, and any last, we just like cut it out." Mm-hmm. She definitely gets <laughs> blasted to the ceiling by um, discharge. This is this Substance, is also something yeah. like yeah, yeah. this is also <laughs> something like after the kiss, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's definitely like a. When I watched this as a kid, I did not know what was going on at all. 
and it was super confusing. Um, yeah, because I had no clue, like, what the discharge was. I was just, like, really confused, and, like, I was just like, oh, it's just, I guess it's just a random comedy. I guess it's supposed to not make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, then you watch it now, and you're like, oh, wow. Geez. Someone didn't burn their lasagna or dressing. <laughs> It's <laughs> an in joke no one's gonna get. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah no. Um, honestly, grading this on like the comedy kiss bell curve, it's a real. It's not ah, it's just not that great, you know. If we compared this to like the master class Wayne's World two comedy kiss. And I feel oh. like it's just, it's a pretty, it's all right, but I feel like yeah. it could have, it's, it definitely, it definitely, like, goes hard, and it tries very hard in, like, the scene itself, but, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't quite land, yeah, that's my thoughts on that, kid. Yeah, and all, like, I think, yeah, there's obviously, like, I think the big memorable moments of this scene are not really the kiss, but, like, the stuff yeah. that- Happens around with a subsequent like sex scene in it, and yeah, yeah, the, the kiss itself really is like it's like you, you almost forget about it, honestly. Yeah, and I think it's also coming around the same time as what well, I argue is another one of the movie's best comedy bits because like it's happening at this big party there, hosting with oh, people, yeah. like they say, <laughs> and then Ghostface shows up, it's like, ah, oh! and there's a bunch of stoners, and then the next time you see them, he's just smoking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this movie this movie is definitely like this movie like definitely is like very funny um and it like it like spawned like an entire like genre of movie like yeah well not i guess like spoof movies I mean, have always been the same. i guess we need like this is like i i don't i mean it definitely like, leads to their modern thing like yeah way and rubber who are oh. like involved in this and oh yeah that's another good joke where one of the way ins like just goes crazy because the way in rubber tv show was canceled <laughs> yeah but yeah no I, I i say this in the most like endearing way i think this was like the first like trashy spoof movie that like spawned a never-ending site or i guess it's actually ended quite recently we don't or not recently but within like the last 10 years they all like kind of like direct to video at a certain point. Yeah, because... they, they they eventually just kind of yeah. I they eventually just like peter out or like just yeah, just become like. That being said, um, right now if it hasn't been copyright claimed, uh, I think superhero movie is just all on YouTube, just like downloaded by like some person. Like the the username is just in a totally different language, um, and I was like skimming through it. Like, like, just kind of jumping to the right grand points, and like, honestly, I was laughing pretty hard. It was, it's not a bad movie. <laughs> Superhero movie by two different writers, a scary movie, not the like, yeah. Ones you don't. yeah but yeah, like, and it'll be, it'll be interesting to compare it to like next week's a spoof film, which I like a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like, really excited. To see. I, I always, I always saw, um, I always saw like um, which call it like a. I always saw it in like THQ or like the video rental store. I always saw it there, but I never, I never picked it up. The another teen movie. Oh yeah, no, that's just I, I've. I, it's going to be really interesting to sort of like come full circle and and watch uh, a spoof movie that was not. I didn't catch. Yeah, I I think you'll enjoy that one a lot. As for the upper ones, it's 
a lot of those new superhero movies there, like there, because there's something where I'm like, maybe for context for this pod, I should watch some of these other ones. And so far, I just kind of watch clips, like the end sequence of disa- disaster movie, where there's yeah, it's the same. I remember that. Um... Yeah, it ends with essentially a song that's like a spoof of like the big Sarah Silverman tune that she. Say, saying like Jimmy Kimmel once something about yeah, or about like fucking Matt Damon, but because this was like a theatrical film, they changed it to dating. Yeah, so there is an unrated version where it is like fucking, but the dating yeah. version is just so much funnier because oh, it's everyone going and I'm yeah, and I'm dating like yeah Hannah Montana, and then maybe the joke where like Prince Caspian goes, oh, and I'm dating all the kids in high school, like. Is a bit funnier there, but I it's just fu- funnier for everyone because it's really the only word that's changed in it. And <laughs> so yeah, it's like oh yeah, dated on the floor and on the like halls and <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah. I just checked. There are three like totally separate uploads of just the full movie of superhero movie. <laughs> wow, I guess we know who the real heroes are. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are my those are our thoughts on scary movies, sort of spoof spoof movies uh, in general. Um, yeah, I think, I think now we can move to the, the star the movie, of the show, the star of the show, the movie that like, and uh, this is definitely the fault of how of this is definitely a me problem. But this was like the most frustrating movie to watch in the world. I think I can give like a pretty good plot synopsis of it. We um, haven't said the na- name of it, but we're yeah, talking about Bounce. We are talking about Bounce. I'm glad, I'm glad you knew what I was talking about. Um, a movie I think I've brought up on almost every episode <laughs> since I watched it and went, what the hell was this thing? Yeah, um, yeah so I remember, because I remember you mentioned it, and like I remember I didn't know what was like going, like, well, I didn't know what I was going to get going into it. But boy, howdy. Um, so the movie starts with like Ben Affleck, um, like at an airport, um, and he—I can't remember like where they're flying to, but him, uh, him, and um, I think—is uh, it? It's Tony Goldwyn's character. Yeah, Tony Goldwyn, and then past nominee Natasha Henstrich is also there. Oh yeah, yeah, that yeah. I was, I was like, I was kind of, I kind of got a little bit confused there, but yeah, so yeah. Ben Affleck is sort of there with. They're going with, to Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then this scene, like, I remember I had to, like, rewatch it a couple times, because I'm trying to remember what happened. Um, did, did Tony's character, like, steal the ticket? Or did he, or did Ben Affleck, like, give it to him? Um, because I remember I, like, I, like, I kind of, like, got past that point, and then I went, wait, what happened there exactly? Okay, yeah, so the idea is they've all been kind of delayed by a, a snowstorm, uh, ben Affleck's character is an advertising executive who has just signed this airline as a client, and he and he runs into these these like yeah, people there, and he Tony Goldwyn's flight has been canceled, but he's been given this like voucher and then hotel fare for the night, and Ben Affleck's is boarding, and Tony Goldwyn kind of mentions, oh yeah, you know it's. My wife and son are kind of disappointed. I'm supposed to help my one son out with this thing. Like, 
it would be nice to get home yeah home <laughs> to them it's well, yeah, because it's almost Christmas time. It's... Yeah, also, like, that's going to come up later. The fact that he mentions that he needs to help his son with something, that's going to come up later. It's like a Christmas tree selling yeah. thing for scouts. Yeah, because I remember, I'm, I think, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to, like, the end of the movie, but I made a note that, like, specifically references the fact that he says that. Um, Yeah, but yeah, no, Um, you can go on. So basically, like, Ben Affleck, who is vibing with Natasha Henstridge and also kind of wants to see where where this goes like he he's like well you know how about tell you what how about we switch like how about we switch flight like how about I just give you my pass and then so they so they give passes and he convinces his yeah fr- he has a friend who's an airline employee and basically Sweet talks her into looking the other way so that Greg can take his place on the flight. Then they go on the hotel and you like see see him on the plane. And I forget what they see, like do you see like the lights lights come on where they're like, oh put put on yeah. your thing or whatever? Like it's yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and then and then the plane crashes. Yeah. Um, uh, I which feel is like, like I, a really good like yeah. hook for a film. Oh just, yeah. Like listen. And it's Ah, uh, and like th- that was like a really, really good opening, and it definitely is where none of my frustration with this movie lies. Also, like totally like an interaction that really couldn't happen post two thousand one at an airport. Um, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's a film where a key part of the end of this film is like them arguing. They're like, "This is like a big violation of airport security to like just have people switch flights," and it's yeah. like, "Oh man." They have no idea. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like this was something... filmed in 1999. Like, something <laughs> bad going to happen on a plane. Come on. <laughs> um, but, um... I'm not sure yeah. we should be making this many 9-11 references, but it's... <laughs> I, it's our only year to do it. <laughs> we gotta get it out of our It's not even true. But let's... <laughs> There's a movie that we cover later that's going to end with, like, a montage in new york through the years but it and but it stops at like a skyline that has the two towers in it <laughs> oh, okay i will save a couple for that episode yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but um so so to like so to, so at this point in the movie um ben affleck has like he, he essentially traded tickets um with tony's character and Tony is now dead because he was in a car. He was in a plane crash that Ben Affleck would have been on. Um, yeah. So this, of course he feels really guilty. Which, yeah, and this this he kind of spirals into alcoholism. Yeah, but first he like tells his friend he's like, "Hey, um, because he, oh yeah, because he realizes, oh, they're not going to like know what happened to this guy." So he convinces his friend, "Oh, hey, we ought to switch names on the passenger manifest there." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And me yeah, and meanwhile you get these scenes of Gwyneth Paltrow, who is like Tony Goldwyn's wife, who's yeah, just like, kind of who who's woken up by news of the crash and is like she's like, Well, he wasn't on that one, but just can't stop fighting the feeling that something bad has happened. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um And I think her performance in this movie is great in terms oh. of like how she's like dealing with grief and like how she's bringing this to life. Like it's oh yeah. I, again, my my big problem with this movie is like in no way in like the performances. 
I think is acted really well. Um, yeah, like, I honestly think this is, like, one of her best performances, and it's the one thing that keeps me from just dismissing this movie. Yeah, because um, <laughs> it, it is a strange premise. Um, yeah, and, like, because of this, Ben Affleck sort of, like, spirals into, like, alcoholism. Um, yeah, because he's also been uh, asked, because, of course, he's signed them on to a client, but he's supposed to make, like... He's essentially assigned to this campaign by his boss because no one really knows, like, they know, they know it was, like, a close close call, but no one knows that he was, like, actually supposed to be on that plane. So yeah, he's yeah. directed to make a bunch of ads that put the focus on the lives of the different people. They're like, yeah. oh, you know, in their last moments, they trusted this airline, so, you know, you can still trust us again. Like, yeah. It's, and then he like he gives like a drunken speech when he's like he accepts like an ad award, yeah, um, a Clio award. A Clio award. If you've ever um, seen the show Mad Men, this like comes. It's a real award show, <laughs> at least in the world of like fictional Ad Men. So, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's a real thing in the real world. But yeah, um. Um, essentially, like this drunken speech is like this sort of scene is what I thought um, Steve Buscemi's scene was in the Wedding Singer. Um, whenever I was like uh, because of like that animatic I watched like this is what I thought it was I thought it was like a character's lowest moment and not like a a throwaway joke Um, but yeah so like Ben Affleck like he has his like big uh, his big alcoholic moment at at the award show and he 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 goes to rehab um, and like boy like this and like I, I this movie goes pretty fast in the beginning. I think. Um, oh yeah, everything we're describing is like the opening, like yeah. half an hour of the film. Yeah. Um, and then you could have made uh, a whole movie just, just, just on the first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then and it would have been sort of, better, probably. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like we are about to get into why I hate this movie, and we'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> Um, so and not not for the reason I'm about to say, but um, Leonard from Big Bang Theory shows up, um, and he he's like also like a a recovering alcoholic. Um, him him and him and I'm not sure in this first scene because like the, in later in the movie, um, Leonard from Big Bang Theory and Ben Affleck become friends, but I'm not sure in this movie if they're like friends but just kind of like kind of just ribbing each other. Or they just actually don't like each other because they're very mean to one another, um, which like I'm very like they have like a yeah like they they have like a very weird relationship at the beginning, but like it's they're they're together in like three scenes too, um, yeah. And then I think after after that point, he like finds out like the who the I can't remember how, but he finds out like the wife of like of Tony's character and like where she is. Um, uh, he he had had a conversation where he mentions that his wife is like a budding realtor. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Go ahead. And oh, as part of like working the steps of recovery to make up for yeah. past misdeeds, he decides to go find her because wouldn't you know it, his boss is looking for a new building for them. Yeah. And then at this point in the movie, um, I wrote down. Uh, this is directly from my notes taken at the time. I was like, okay, take your bets. Will he lie about it, and her finding out will be the contrived conflict that slips them up in the climax, or will this movie surprise me? Um, it did not surprise me. 
um the, from like the very first scene i thought this could have been like an interesting romance movie where like he's up front about like what happened initially and then this movie could be about like getting over grief in like a very like healthy mature way but ben affleck like completely lies to her about like switching seats and like the, oh, my big problem and this is like a problem with like a lot of movies is like the problem is never like the thing they did it's never because like really like that's not like his fault you know but it's like kind of his fault but it's like his fault in the same way that like if you like shoo away a butterfly you'll cause like an earthquake across the world like it's like his fault in that sense but like the reason she's going to be mad at him in the future in the later parts of the movie is just because he lied for so long and like i'm watching this movie and i'm so angry because i know just i the entire all they're like connecting is like pointless because i know at some point she's gonna he's gonna like it's gonna be revealed what happened and then they're just gonna they're gonna split up for like 20 minutes and i'm gonna be bored the entire time (laughs) yeah also in the annals of movies that are where part of the premise is oh no he he lied or someone lied what's or how yeah. are they gonna get back together? <laughs> this isn't as bad as, and I bring this up a couple of years ago, or a couple episodes ago. The movie Passengers, where the premise is Chris Pratt accidentally wakes up on this space voyage he was supposed to take and can't get back in, and eventually falls in love with and wakes up Jennifer Lawrence, effectively dooming her, and then just lies about it. Like, oh yeah. Yeah, like yeah, and like that that's that's like where part of the frustration comes in is that like the action wasn't even like malicious or like evil, but like the lying was bad, you know? Yeah, I'll say, but yeah, it's yeah, that's the thing. It's not bad. It's not it's still selfish, but it's not yeah, mal- malicious or like yeah. oh, results in like the thing. It's, but it's also tough. in terms of this, like the hardest thing to swallow is going it's like, "Oh, not only not only did I know your husband, but I'm like kind of indirectly responsible for him dying and him yeah. just Yeah. Oh yeah. Ben, I yeah. don't know if you got to see the like tagline for this film on like the poster, but it's something where it's like two strangers fall in love. One knew it wasn't by chance. That <laughs> <laughs> like implies that it was like a plan. Listen, this movie could have taken like two avenues that would have made it infinitely like more interesting and more bearable to watch and i would have wouldn't have started like playing bayonetta halfway through it is if one is if he was super honest up front and they sort of got over that hurdle and like she she could she could be like i'm not ready like this is just such a heavy bomb and like he could he could like kind of continue to try and like win her affection over and there could be like a sort of mature handling of like grief and honesty and that would be like such an interesting like love story i think um i love love stories where like the lie or like the lie is revealed like super early on and then the rest of the movie can just be focused on like them growing as people um or you could have made this movie and like you could you could reveal at the end that it was super intentional um and then ben affleck's character is actually just super evil <laughs> And that would be also an infinitely more interesting movie. Yeah, um, that, that I could respect more yeah. than this. Yeah, but... um, yeah. <laughs> and um, 
yeah, yeah, a, a big chunk of this movie is yeah, is just like them sort of just like dating and like falling in love with each other. And those parts are like those parts are like really sweet and nice, but like they're totally like all the wind is taken out of my sails when I'm like, okay, when is the when is the liar going to be revealed? And then they're yeah. going to fight for a little bit. And um, if did you guess that the lie was going to be revealed right before he was going to reveal it himself? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, uh, yeah, that also like doesn't help. Um, cause it, yeah. cause it's this thing where like he bonds with the boys when, cause basically now they have a fear of flying and the airline has settled with the estate. So she wants, Gwyneth Paltrow wants to put him on an aircraft to Palm Springs and he goes along so they can get over this fear and he goes along with them and they like have this really good thing. And so he's like, you know, I have a secret. I'll reveal it the next day. And then all of a sudden, yeah. you should show up on Natasha Hensridge, who's also been feeling like, yeah, you know, bad about what happens. But she's like, you know, I have this video because, right, because she was taking oh, yeah, video of their night at the bar. And she's like, maybe it'll bring you some closure if you can see this video. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was totally. Oh, yeah. And she uh, also sees that Ben Affleck's there, I think, and is very confused about it. Like, yeah, it's... yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, or she thinks I... he also just came to, like, seek out amends or something. Because it's a video of him and, like, Tony Goldwyn and Ben Affleck just hanging out at the bar. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, Ben Affleck comes home and, like, uh, 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 sorry, Gwyneth uh, Paltrow is, like, really, really upset, and he asks him to leave, and he's just, like, I don't know, he he's, like, grown so attached to, like, this family. Oh, yeah, uh, she also makes him say goodbye to the boys, because she doesn't want them to think, oh, that everyone just leaves without saying goodbye. Yeah, oh, my gosh. Um, And then the mom says some, like, really based and true things, like, oh, he lied, like, lying about divorcing your husband. Um, oh yeah, because she doesn't introduce herself as a widow. She's like, "I'm a divorcee." And nah. then um, and then right in that scene, a giant moth smacked me in the head and scared me so bad. <laughs> um, I put that in my notes. <laughs> um, and like, and there's also like a scene, and I wrote a note because I, I actually did not remember, but because uh, there's like a scene where like the kid sits down and he goes like, "Did your did my dad like mention anything about like trees?" Um, because like he, the kid is essentially trying to like be like, is it my fault that he wanted to get home so fast? Which it yeah, kind and... of is now that you now that you revealed to me that he actually was talking about setting up trees in the airport. I mean, um, it wasn't like the only thing though. Like yeah, exactly, this, it's this definitely... is a good scene where Affleck tells him what he needs to hear. Where he's like, no, we didn't yeah. even mention that, which isn't true, yeah. but also like he knows that he would have tried to go home anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like and like I I I like that scene. And then um yeah, and then I think the kids like the kid like maybe like you should go talk to my mom. Um yeah, and then they She sort of, also feels bad for like Yeah. She also feels like it's like it's her fault. She also like very similar to the kid. She's like, "Oh, like the reason that like he he wanted to get on that plane sooner is like cuz he wanted to like see us." Um, yeah, there's some int- yeah, like there is some interesting exploration of guilt. It's just yeah. underlined by this terrible like romantic drama premise 
And then yeah, a lot of the end of the film is he's somehow a key witness in like the airline being sued for damages. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this movie becomes so many different things so fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, or, like yeah. It culminates in him dramatically confessing in court what what he did, which because cause like his friend at the airline has gotten fired over this because they're like, yeah. this is a major security breach. He's like Look, no, it wasn't her fault. Like, it's it's also something where, like, I'm not sure I believe... Like, I'm sure, yeah, it's maybe it's a security breach, and maybe it is just, like, post-9-11. It's hard to, like, imagine that people would be this upset over. Oh, and then you train change boarding passes with someone so he could get home to his family. But, like, somehow it's this thing that sinks the airline, and he has to resign from his job to, like, help yeah, them yeah. save face? Just Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and then the movie sort of ends with, like, him sort of being like, hey, like, I might need your help, like, finding a new place. And, like, it's it's sappy enough that it's like, aww. But, like, yeah, because she's not sure what can... She's not sure she can forgive him, but, like, the talk he had with her son, it's, like, helped them both kind of process yeah. it, so she wants to thank him for that. Yeah. But then she realizes she can forgive him as he's talking about his plan. Yeah. Like, Oh, there's also, like, I made a note of it. There's also, like, a really weird scene, like, before, I think before, like, the liars revealed, where she's, like, I don't know, I wonder, I wonder if this is, like, an actual, like, part of grief, but I, I, because I know what the, I know why it's written, but I want to know, like, why is it, like, is this, like, an actual thing, where she's, like, she's, like, talking about, like, well, he wasn't perfect, and, like, the reason that line is in there is so that you feel, like, less bad about this clearly really, like, kind of fucked up situation um but like i wonder if that like because like that just seems like such a weird thing to say about somebody um if unless like you were just trying to like underpin like i'm glad i'm really glad that they didn't go the route of like oh tony's character was actually like secretly like super evil and like a really bad person like that's that's where i thought that line was going and i'm glad it didn't but, like, I actually, I'm wondering if that, like, has any, like, basis in, like, how actual people, like, grieve. Like, whether they, they whether it's, like, a sense, whether it's a form of, like, rationalization of, like, well, he, like, I don't know why everyone's saying he's perfect. He wasn't perfect, like, in trying yeah, to make feel a little better about it. Yeah, I think grief's a funny thing, and sometimes you, like, put him up on yeah. a pedestal, and maybe sometimes if you're trying to, like move on a bit, you try and remember yourself it's not perfect too. It's yeah, exactly. an interesting I, idea. It would be cool if they could have explored it more, but no, they yeah. have like the big thing they yeah. do. And then again, we kind of brush over, but it's really weird that like she equates pretending that she was divorced instead of widowed with him go pretending he didn't know her dead husband. And yeah, it's just, they're just, yeah, they're, it has a, this movie has a super compelling inciting incident and then just becomes like kind of like i wouldn't even say like boring but just frustrating because you know like exactly where it's going and exact there's no twists the movie start the movie blows its entire twist load in like the first 10 minutes and then the entire rest of the movie is like super formulaic and predictable like, there's no curveballs at all, I don't think. I mean, it's not 10 minutes when you learn what the real premise of the movie is, but yeah, it's... Yeah. There's not a lot going on with it. Um, 
if you watch it, watch it just for Gwyneth Paltrow's performance. Also, just yeah. see oh yeah, the performances are really, really good. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, because here's an interesting. Here's the real interesting thing about this film. And oh yeah, the kiss. It's fine. It's a good it's kiss. Fine. But the reason it's good is because Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow were in the middle of a three-year relationship with each other. Ooh la la. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, the, the, the kiss was, like, really, really nice. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm just going to go in. Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow met, kind of. Like, they started dating during Shakespeare in Love, but they met at a dinner hosted by the producer of that film, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So he's a bad person, but hey, he kind of matched made Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow for three years. Listen, he wasn't perfect. Um. Oh no, we can't actually. Like, we can't do jokes for us. Like, oh, he wasn't uh, that bad. He he was no, in no. fact. He was he's in fact a, that bad. He, um, he is that bad. He's the epitome of that bad. Yeah. Yeah, like uh, yeah, duh, like rot, Harvey. Uh, it's but. It is kind of funny that they met at a dinner at his house. Like, it's yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, it's it's yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, movie, um, bad movie, it's... Bad, bad movie, frustrating for like could have been so interesting, very, um, very frustrating. Um, finally gave me the scene, um, that I thought steve buscemi's was in wedding singer so i guess i can like check that off is that i at least have like a reference scene for what i think it was that's like really gonna help in that niche explanation every time i need to make it um yeah every time i see the wedding singer with anybody um but yeah uh yeah but don't moving watch... on the castaway oh yeah so castaway this i th- think other than i think i think i've only watched two of these movies like on my phone in bed and not like at my computer, like taking notes. It was this, and I think um, white man can't jump. I think that was the the only two. And I really, really enjoyed this movie. I was super surprised by it. Um, in the first scene, I thought I had loaded up like the wrong movie, um, just because like I the only thing I knew about this movie was like the part on like the the raft. Um, but oh my gosh, like this is such a good movie, and I'm like I'm not shocked at all about that. But I was I was surprised with like how much of the movie like wasn't what I thought it was. I guess. Yeah, uh, it's a film that I think everyone, of course, if there's one thing you know, even if you haven't seen Ta- like the movie, something like I I knew because this film came out when I was in like third grade and I definitely remember people like talking about it and I was like oh, plane crash, no way man that's too much for me, like it's but oh yeah, hopefully I wonder... oh, yeah, the second film with a plane crash <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was about to say and like I wonder if like I wonder if Tom Hanks is ever going to be in a movie where like he lands a plane normally you know um <laughs> Hey, <laughs> look. Do, do you know how many souls he saved on the Hudson River? Like, <laughs> Sully is a great movie, um, but it's... my dad really likes Sully. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, like this movie. I, I guess we can. I guess yeah. If you have any initial thoughts before we go into a a uh, oh yeah, you know, no, it's would be like a brief plot synopsis because like a lot of this movie, I was surprised. A lot of this movie is like borderline dialogueless. 
Um, yeah, it's you were surprised at the film that's famous for lots of scenes where Tom Hanks <laughs> is on an island and by himself doesn't have dialogue. Listen, do you think Wilson listen, talked? I worse movies, movies that are like have really like poor understanding of like how people react when they're alone have characters talk to themselves nonstop. Like, okay. It, yeah. I was, I was like, I, and like, I'm not like, I was kind of like, cause usually I, I, I would bet money that like the last movie or show I saw that had like a character on an Island, they would be going like, Oh man, I need to make a fire. Like, Oh geez. Like this Island really is a metaphor for my, for my, for my brain that's slowly being chipped away and the resources are being diminished. Um, like usually, like in movies, in 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 situations like this, um, like a directors will like have like characters essentially talk to the audience, which this movie didn't, and I was really happy with that. Yeah, the, the, this film directed by Robert Zemeckis, who worked with Tom Hanks previously on like Forrest Gump, like nice. had also did like Back to the Future and Who Framed Roger Rabbit, two of my favorite movies of all time. Um. Oh yeah, this movie, this movie weirdly doesn't feel like it's from like the 2000s, honestly. Like the way it's like the way it's like I don't know if that means anything, but like it, I don't know why it just it feels like a movie from like the 90s. Yeah, I mean it yeah, I mean it was like filmed in the 90s or something. Yeah, but. yeah, I, I guess that is true. Yeah, it's also a shame that it doesn't have a long plot synopsis cuz again, as you said it's Yeah. Definitely definitely probably one of the best like Probably the best film we've covered this week. Oh yeah, this is this was such like I think despite despite um, me watching this like mostly like I watched it like the first twenty minutes at work because like I was like oh man I really need to like burn through these because um, like I was running a little late on time. Um, uh, but yeah, like I watched like the first twenty minutes on my phone at work and then like the rest of it just like in bed. Um, and like boy howdy, did I still have such like a good experience. I ended up like pausing it and like going to grab like some popcorn, some pop, and some snacks to get like a cinema experience. Um, which I think, I think, um, I think it was Martin Scorsese that like really doesn't like people watching movies on phones. But um, I assume he would probably be fine with it if he knew that I had like popcorn, pop, and, and candy as well. Um, I think yeah. that would make up for it. I think he would be more happy. It's an issue um, with some people who like yet yeah, don't like the streamability yeah. of. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Martin. Days, but yeah. it seems like you were paying attention to it. Oh yeah, and I'm sure Martin Scorsese like loves the fact that I watch everything at two times speed. Um, yeah, sure that, that also hasn't caused like a lot of like people in the industry to be angry that like that is yeah. an option people have now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not like movies or it's not like movies sometimes like use timing for anything. Um, but I I am I am of the belief that if I can't like if I can't enjoy your movie at two times speed in my bed um, with a bunch of uh, dating app ads on the sidebar and still <laughs> enjoy it, then I don't think you've made a good movie, sir. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so this movie sort of opens up in Russia where Tom Hanks is sort of like the, the head man at like, the, uh, at like a FedEx like uh, shipping place. And they're like, it's a lot of hustle and bustle. And then I think he, yeah, there's just, he's, it's, it's like made very like important that like he like values like things are on time and stuff like that. Um, and then after he sort of, I think he, I think he's like, 
he seems like somebody that he like people fly him places so that he can like work. Um, he's not yeah. he's like a guy who's jumping around all the time. So yeah, he's he, a workaholic. He has his girlfriend Helen Hunt. Yeah, he's yeah. very good in this. Yeah, for someone who's only in the beginning and end of this movie. Um, it, yeah. Oh my gosh, that was yeah. She does an amazing job. Absolutely. Yeah, Helen um, Hunt, like one of the best to do it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tom Hanks sort of comes back to like his home with like Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt, um, and like uh, they sort of. It's around. I think it's either Christmas or it's like it's around Christmas. It's like Christmas right? dinner, and he's called yeah. him to work. Yeah, exactly. So like they exchange gifts. Like she gives him a locket. Um, he like really really enjoys that, and then like I can't. Did they? They had a kiss. Like while he before he like left on the plane, right? I'm going to assume it's the kiss from the ending of the movie. Yeah, I, I assume that is the that is most likely the kiss. Um, but yeah, I assume they have a kiss. It's like it's yeah. a relationship. It's you're like okay, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I think I just put in my notes like first kiss. Um, I think at this point. Um, so then uh, Tom Hanks get on gets on a plane, um, and nothing bad happens. Um, <laughs> yeah, he goes on. <laughs> yeah, uh, so so Tom Hanks is in the airport and he switches tickets with Ben Affleck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he gets Ben Affleck gets on a cargo plane. No, no. <laughs> yeah, um, so yeah, they they go through like a storm and the plane like crashes. This was like, oh my gosh, this is such like an intense and like nerve wracking violent scene of like the plane like crashing and like it's so it's so like desperate there's i if i i could be wrong but like there's no like music too it's just the sounds um like there's no like intense music it is just and like it's it's there's like moments of like silent because like he's underwater um if i I could be wrong maybe there is music and i just didn't catch it but um and then he is uh he sort of wakes up like or sorry he gets into a raft um and then he wakes up on an island um and he spends a great deal of time there. Um, he he befriends a a volleyball. Um, we all know the famous Wilson, um, played by a Wilson volleyball. Um, yeah, uh, best on screen team nominee. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's living on this island, and like, I don't know about you, but like, holy crap. That four years later, like thing, like hit me like a ton of bricks. I had no idea that like that was this kind of movie, because um, I thought like, oh, like he's gonna be on the island, but like we're gonna see like we're gonna like pretty much see him like to the end. Like he's gonna be like resourceful, you know. Like he's gonna like you know build a raft. He's gonna get home, but like I didn't know he'd be on there for four years. I had no idea it was that kind of movie. Um. Yep, he's like scavenging. He like there's like big events. Like he like makes the fire, um, and then he like tries to raft out a couple times, or he tries to raft out on like the raft he came in, but like he can't get past like the waves. Um, uh, so then he decides that he, uh, like a, a thing like rolls up on shore that he can use as like a as like a um something to cut through like the big wave. Um, and then that sort of inspires him to like design and or not design, but like sort of craft this uh, raft um, that he's able to use to like get out into the water. Um, 
He's not, he, and once he's out in the water, he like sees whales every once in a while, and then he loses Wilson, and then a boat finds him. He's able like to come back to like land, um, and then like obviously like this is like like his his love um, Helen Hunt is like seeing someone else like she's married, um, and he tries to like. He, he like he's like pretty um like he's trying to like get back into like society and there's like a really there's a really funny scene um because like on the island like he's essentially just been like he's had to eat so much crab and like they have crab at like his his like get back his like coming back party um which he's like pretty disgusted with um oh yeah and, that's really good yeah that's like, a really yeah it is funny because like again. Uh, I think most people would think this movie he's on the island like almost the whole time, but there is a lot that is just him trying to adjust. Like yeah. now he's a castaway from this society because he's yeah, been like out of last, it for so long. The last like thirty minutes are like are like totally spent to that, and I really really enjoy that. Um, I think that's like really really good. I, those are, like some of like my favorite scenes. Because uh, yeah, because he's just trying. He's like he's like I think he's it does like a time skip to like four months or the four weeks or four months later once he's like back on land. Um, and he like he goes and he like he like sees he sees um Helen Hunt's character like at her house when everyone's asleep and they sort of just like talk about like like um everything and like Helen Hunt like gives Tom Hanks like his old like the car that he like Helen Hunt used to drop off Tom Hanks at the plane in like the beginning of the movie um and then Tom Hanks is like driving away and then Helen Hunt like chases him in the rain, or I'm not getting that backwards, right? It is her that like comes running out in the rain, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then they share like a beautiful, beautiful rain kiss, but in the end they they decide that like they can't. It's just she has like a whole another life now, and Tom Hanks like they just need to move on from each other, and I think that's like really beautiful and mature. Um, and then the movie just kind of ends with like him. Um, delivering like the one package like he didn't open on the island because like a bunch of packages was were like showing up on shore as he was like on the island and there was like one I don't know why there was like a logo on it and I'm not sure what significance it held but like there was one package that like he did not touch it or open and he pretty much finally delivers that and the movie kind of ends with him at like a very literal crossroads um, and then he just sort of smiles and the movie ends yeah well he he sees like Oh yeah, because a woman in a pickup truck stops and like gives information about where the road leads, and then yeah. he notices that. Oh, it's the graphic of a wing. That's the one that's on like the parcel. Yeah, I I, I wondered like I didn't know like what significance that had. I thought it, if there was like something to that, but I, yeah, I guess it is just you just didn't want to open. Yeah. I think it's the idea, yeah, of like hope or like the idea, yeah. like moving on. But he decides to like essentially just go down the road like th- this woman took, and now it, yeah, it's gonna go on his own life and yeah it's beautiful movie um beautiful kiss like yeah oh absolutely absolutely beautiful kiss 100 percent. but helen hunt recently like just this month was on the kelly clarkson show where she talked about this kiss and this is something that i think we're gonna find comes up because I think this is like the first big kiss that is set during a rainstorm. Yeah, like, and probably not the last. Yeah, 
like suddenly it kind of becomes a mini thing of having kisses set during rainstorms. But here's the thing about capturing rain on film. It has to be like very, very big or it doesn't get on there. Oh like, yeah, like the little the like, size the little. of coffee cups, basically, is <laughs> what she was saying. So whenever you see a a kiss in rain, it's gonna look probably pretty good, but mm-hmm. the actors are almost always miserable because it's so wet. Which is what Helen Hunt was saying. She's like, "Yeah, we do this kiss, and then you'd have to slosh back to like everything in." And yeah. <laughs> But it was it, all the effort was not in vain. I think that was a an amazing kiss and an amazing movie. Yeah, I think you did a really good job summarizing every yeah. everything I, up. Like, yeah, absolutely. If you haven't, go watch that movie. It is by far the best movie on this list. Sorry to spoil my best movie list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert. What if, what if it was Hannibal? Like, was... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of Hannibal, um, this movie, I, I guess you you have you have a pretty good knowledge about these things. Was Hannibal like? Is this like a movie based on like a show, or is this oh, just a completely no. independent? Is this a movie like? I guess it's is it based off I assume it's based off something like it's based off like, it's based off like a novel. Um Yes. Um yeah, I can get into like Hannibal cuz I have oh, degree yeah. of familiarity with this franchise. Yeah. So It's a sequel? To is this like an actual like like a literal sequel, not like a spiritual sequel? Oh, yes. Ben, ben I, I, have you never seen The Silence of the Lambs? I have not. I thought this movie was like a remake of that. I thought oh my God. I was so confused because like it felt it literally felt like a like an like an extra long episode of like Bones or House, just because I felt like there was so much information that I needed to know before watching this movie. <laughs> okay, yeah, so I'll get into it. So yeah, so Hannibal is, of course, as we all know, and I think, um, a character in a... There's a bunch of books by this guy, Thomas Harris, who writes, yeah, essentially, like, trashy, like, trashy, like, kind of novels, sort of purple prose, like, there's suspense novels, they're detective things. Um, His works, he's written a bunch of things, but... Basically, the series starts with Red Dragon, which is a book he, yeah, which is a book he kind of writes about this, yeah, yeah, about this profiler like Will, yeah, Will Graham, who's looking, yeah, for this guy, and basically all the killers in this book, you know, there's things like transformation, they're like grotesque in some way, but he is searching for this killer known as like the Tooth Fairy who's trying to transform into, like, I think a literal dragon. But but along the way, he's getting some kind of help from his... Yeah, from this person he caught previously, a psychiatrist, Hannibal Lecter, um, notable cannibal, <laughs> who, who's in prison. So Hannibal Lecter, in the first, like, of these books, is initially kind of just a side character. And then the Silence of the Lambs, which is the one everyone sort of knows, 
yeah, better. It's a new FBI agent, Clarice Starling, who is looking for uh, this killer Buffalo Bill, and again has Hannibal Lecter's help. And that one kind of ends with Hannibal Lecter like escaping. And Hannibal Lecter is like the most I think compelling parts of these novels, the parts people like. And he's not a big character, but The Silence of the Lambs gets turned into a very famous like movie with Jodie Foster and Anthony Hopkins. And Anthony Hopkins, like he, like Silence of the Lambs is huge. Um, but it's a whole thing. But like it wins Best Picture, which is kind of un, like it doesn't happen that much that a horror film that's like kind of genre wins Best Picture. Um, Anthony Hopkins wins like Best Supporting Actor for his screen time, and now with Hannah with Hannibal Lecter super popular. The author of this writes another book, essentially, so it can be adapted into this film. Yeah, Hannibal. I thought, I thought Hannibal Lecter, or like Silence of the Lambs, I thought Hannibal Lecter was like Dracula, or you could just make a bunch of movies about him, and I thought this was just one of them. Um, I mean, it's like, kind of what that becomes. It's uh, a lot I, of films Yeah, no this, rhyme okay. or rhythm, like no real creative... Like, I think it's a different director every time. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that, that's like, this movie, like, I felt like there was so much... I felt like I missed a movie when I watched this one, and I guess I did. <laughs> um, because that was just like... Um, yeah, I think I wrote a lot of notes for this movie. <laughs> Not as many as Bounce, but I wrote a, I wrote a good chunk. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you do, I wonder if you want to give the, the plot synopsis on this. Yeah, so I can... So I can get into this, and there's because like some stuff here to learn. Yeah. So in this film, which yes is kind of like a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, like this is the first one where Hannibal is like ostensibly like the lead. Like, yeah, he, he's like he's like yeah. sort of like a main. He's, he's essentially him and him and clary so like you're either following him or or her and sometimes you're following like one other guy like um uh, yeah there's a lot with mason verger who plays into a thing mm -hmm. yeah jodie foster chose not to reprise her role for i don't know if she's gone into it but i also know that the screen original director and the original screenwriter Oh, yeah, and her all essentially declined to be involved because the novel is based on they considered it too lurid. So Ridley Scott, um, brother of Tony Scott, who did True Romance, but also known for actually the director of Gladiator. Oh, which, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, because this is actually did come out in 2001, and because of how MTV is set up, it's like qualified for yeah, this year's awards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so basically the film is Clarice, who it's kind of picking up a, 10 years after Silence of the Lambs, so she, where she be, or caught the serial killer and had a career, but this time she's blamed for kind of uh, a drug raid gone wrong. Which resulted in the deaths of like five people. And she's contacted by this mm. guy, Mason Verger, who is kind of the only person to sort of survive a run in with Hannibal Lecter. Um, he's 
rich. It is, I forgot how much to go into this, but like, it is basically, he's like a child molester, basically. That was his crime. Oh, I did not. Maybe wow, that's just a book thing. Like, attention. the Wikipedia film, some of uh, yeah. I feel like there's like an, yeah. there's an implied nature of it. I I thought he was weird. No, that's my, I thought he was just a. But weird yeah, no, he's guy. definitely like yeah, he's like a rich, definitely is a kind of criminal himself. But he was paralyzed and disfigured by Lecter during a therapy thing. So ever since he's had this very elaborate revenge scheme to try and get Lecter, who escapes yeah, at the end of Silence of the Lambs to Italy, and Lecter is kind yeah. of like never got over like Clarice. He's he's off in Italy, and a lot of the film is just him doing stuff in Italy, and there's, like, an inspector there, and it's very boring. It's, like... Yeah, I one of my notes is that this movie is, like, 13% insane and 87% boring. Yeah, it's, The Italy stuff um, is tough to like, crack. Um, in yeah. maybe, like, the best thing, and I think what you were thinking of when you're like, was this a show, is there was a Hannibal TV show that did... Yeah, well, yeah, I just mean that, like, this just, like, the way it's, I don't know, like, it, it's weird, because, like, the way it's shot, and, like, the way characters, like, talk, it feels like I'm watching, like, the middle episode of something yeah. like Bones or House. Like, it's just, like, it, it felt like, it felt like I was being plopped into this world of, like, like, not only, like, I guess, like, if it is, like, a sequel, that totally makes sense, but I felt, like, very lost, especially at <laughs> the beginning. Well, that makes sense, but, yeah, it... <laughs> But yeah, so in the Hannibal TV show, it was kind of like, sort of, technically a prequel because it begins where oh he's he's just a regular like psychiatrist who murders people on the side, but they don't know about that yet. And he teams up with Will Graham, the protagonist of like Red Dragon, which was made into a great movie in the eighties called Manhunter, where actor Brian Cox plays Hannibal Lecter, Lecter with a K. Um. To show the yeah those different kinds of like the Draculaizing of this character, um, but in the Hannibal show, it's kind of a remix of certain things from the the novels, especially as it goes on. And the third season, the third season, oh yeah, because Hannibal like the rights to these movies are weird and all over the place. Where one specific company, MGM, has the rights to Clarice and Silence of the Lambs and basically all the uh, the ideas from that, and the people who made the Hannibal show had everything else. So, like, they're like, well, we can't do, like, <laughs> Clarice. But they did a season that basically they moved the Mason Verger stuff up, and at the end of the second season, Hannibal is discovered, he stabs everyone, and he runs off to Italy. So they also do an Italy arc, which is considered kind of like a lower point of that run. But that one at least has the decency to be weird. Like people's issues with the Italy episodes yeah. is that it's just really weird, like kaleidoscopic just imagery for a lot of it. Yeah. And... Yeah. This, despite like the the character and like the this movie is like decidedly not weird for a good chunk of it. And then it gets really weird yeah, and, right at the oh, end. Oh, it could have been weirder. Like, um, I'm excited to tell you how the book version of this ends. You're, you're going to be so mad. Um, <laughs> so so Lecter <laughs> essentially so is like, he's in Italy and he's sending her, like, letters. And um, there's this, 
Yeah, there's this guy. Oh yeah, because the her boss at the FBI is this real piece of work played by Ray Liotta. Uh, Paul Krendler is his name, and like she, he's not taking her seriously. And the in Florence, Italy, this chief inspector is investigating the disappearance of a library person. Well, yeah, because Hannibal Lecter's thing is the people he eats are people he just wants to be rude. Um, and he's disguised yeah. as like the assistant curator and like caretaker of this thing. But um, eventually, this inspector in Italy <coughs> kind of recognizes him on surveillance footage and learns about Hannibal Lecter and that this guy, Mason Verger, has put a three million personal bounty on him. And like Clarice is contacting him. She's like, hey, I think you've discovered this guy. Watch out. He's very dangerous. And he's like, no, I don't care. So he obtains like a pickpocket. And his plan is he's going to get a yeah, fingerprints. And uh, I don't know if he's actually going to kill Hannibal or if he's just going to tell Mason, Mason Verger that or maybe it's just proof that, hey, I know he's there, I want the money, it's serious. But either way, he gets killed and disemboweled by, like, Lecter? Yeah. Um, one one thing I'll give this movie props is that, like, it shows you gross stuff. Um, it doesn't, like, cut away or anything. Like, it's... If, if that, if you're, if you're into gore, this movie, certain parts yeah, of it might Yeah, definitely be has a luridness. Um, but then... Oh yeah, this guy Krendler, right, he's he's like a Justice Department, so he's just kind of FBI, and Verger essentially bribes him to get Clarice, like, suspended by basically, I mean, oh, you withheld this note from Lecter, that was, like, withholding evidence, um, but Lecter lures, like, Clarice to Union Station, where she's followed by Verger's men, who, like, basically capture Hannibal as he's doing his thing. And Mason Verger, like, this is where, like, it kind of gets into the weirdness, because his plan is he's going to feed Hannibal Lecter to a herd of wild boars. He has bred these boars to get a yeah. taste for human flesh. And in the book version, he has, like, this sister Margot who he, like, mistreats, who's, like, a le lesbian who eventually kills him, and that character is essentially edited out. Um, but yeah, which kind of kind of goes into something, some things. But you know, maybe it's just they're trying to keep the film going. Maybe it's just one element too much. Um, but Clarice, yeah, yeah. but Clarice sneaks into yeah. like the estate, and she neutralizes the guards and frees Lecter for some reason. But then a third guard shoots her, and Lecter kind of captures her. Like right before the boars are gonna, yeah, burst through, and then, oh yeah, the character of the sister is just put into the idea of like Mason's doctor instead, who's like a male who is supposed to shoot Lecter, but Lecter convinces him to instead feed Mason to the boars, because Lecter's like, <laughs> "I'll take the blame. You can just blame yeah. this on me. I know you hate this guy." Oh yeah, because. Mason Verger is very unpleasant. Um, also, he's played oh, by yeah. Gary Oldman. Again, who just pops up in an Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 
But then it gets world. to the finale, the finale, where things go, where Hannibal Lecter oh, has captured Clarice, Verger is dead. Oh, the only loose end is Krendler. So he takes Clarice to like yeah. Krendler's lake house, and he's treating her, treating her wound. And Krendler shows up. Like I forget if he's just checking in or if he knows Lecter's there. But Lecter like subdues him and drugs him. And Clarice, like, very, also very drugged up, is dressed up in a cocktail dress and sees, like, Krendler there, and they're at this table, like, set for dinner. And while, like, they're both weak and drugged, Animal Lecter opens Krendler's skull while he's alive, takes out part of his brain, and feeds it to, like, Krendler, his own brain. <laughs> If the entire movie was like that, this would be my favorite movie. Because, <laughs> like, this is like, this was like near the end, and I was like, I was pretty bored. Uh, but this part was like genuinely so out there. Yeah, I really it's, enjoyed it's it. It's nuts. And then Starling, like, she tries to attack him with a butter knife, but of course, she's very weak and because of the drugs, and he overpowers her. And kind of traps her, but then she handcuffs, like, their wrists together. And the police are coming, like, Krendler has tri triggered someone. And, or, he's triggered something, and the police are on their way, or maybe she called someone, I forget exactly how that plays out. But, but Lecter, basically, he doesn't have time to find the key to the handcuffs, so he has to cut off someone's hand. And he and the film makes it seem like he's going to cut off her hand, but instead we see basically the FBI comes to this situation. Um, yep. Oh yeah, Krendler dies. If anyone's wondering what goes on. Huh? Oh yeah, he he, fed, he got fed more of yeah. his brain as well. Again, just insane. But but like so, but yeah. Clarice like kind of goes <laughs> into like the FBI. And then we end on an airplane where Hannibal is just there with the yeah, with the rest of like the brain, which he shares with a kid next to him. And it's like, you know, it's important to try new things <laughs> as he just flies off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So oh, yeah. I'm gonna tell you about the book now, Ben. So because this is very, the book is yeah, very controversial. This, um, this again is why no one wanted to do it. Is in the book the part where the Krendler stuff, like there is a gap of time between him absconding with Clarice and him going to like to the final confrontation with Krendler. And in that time, he essentially, while keeping her heavily drugged, which Again, part of the reason why I think people have issues with this film and this book in question is the original Clarice is like such a strong character, and you and she's like capable, and this character like is capable, but also a lot of it is her being captured and terrorized by this man, and that rubs people the wrong way. For yeah, to be fair, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, Obviously. in yeah. the, in the book, it's something where like, oh yeah, in the book, I guess Mason's death is a bit different, un 
a moray eel is shoved into his mouth. And there's a whole thing. He has like a pet eel. He has a pet eel and it's shoved into his (laughs) and it's shoved into his mouth and also he gets like sodomized because his sister wants to get his sperm so she can have like a baby or something. It's weird. It's yeah, so Jesus. This movie is so interesting. Yeah, so <laughs> so basically while he has keeping her up, he has a series of therapy sessions with her to help her go from her various childhood traumas. And then one day Trendler is lured to a park by like this character Margot who is cut. Um it's a kind of a favor to Lecter. Lecter captures him. And it's this thing where it's like a lobotomizing, but instead, Clarice, like after all this, all this like kind of conditioning, and I think the book tries to say that her personality is still intact, which arguably makes like it's hard to say if this makes it worse. But essentially, she comes over to Lecter's side, and they eat Krendler's prefrontal cortex together, her and Hannibal, and then. Clarice partially undresses. I'm just going to read directly from the Wikipedia summary and offers one of her breasts to Lecter. <laughs> Lecter goes down on a knee before Starling, accepting her offer. The two then become lovers and disappear together. <laughs> That's um, the end of the book? No. It, there's an epilogue. Three years later, a character <laughs> who was not in this movie, I think <laughs> called Barney, go to an opera where they spot Lecter and Starling there, and fearing for his life, he, like, flees and never sees him again. The reader then learns that Lecter and Starling are living together in an exquisite Beaux-Arts mansion where they employ servants and engage in activities such as learning new languages and dancing together, and building their own respective memory palaces, which is, like, a thing from the book, and is told sex is a splendid structure they add to every day. And that psychoactive drugs have had no part in their lives for a long time. And it's... So that's how the book ends. It's the last canonical Hannibal Lecter story. Like, there's another book that's a prequel that explains how Lecter's sister was killed and forcefully fed to him by Nazis. And that's, like, his origin story. Oh, no, it's like a group of... Or they're World War II orphans. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, I think this oh, is set yeah. up in this book, and that's kind of left out, but there's another Hannibal film that kind of touches on that, and they also remake Red Dragon and keep Anthony Hopkins around. But yeah, so if there's one thing we can say till for this movie, it's at least it's not as gross as that. Yeah. To its detriment, you know. Honestly, um, if this opinion. film had got a Best Kiss nomination <laughs> and it kept the book ending... I would be very angry that this was the third episode on the row where we had to have a serious discussion about an issue. <laughs> but as is... Yeah. Oh yeah, because the kiss is non-consensual. Kiss is, She's like yeah. chained to a fridge and he kisses her and she does not like return it. Um, it's yeah, it's it's a it's a trick kiss as well. She she uses it to handcuff him. Yeah, which maybe is why uh, it gets like the non like it's. It's obviously just an arm because it's like, oh, it's shock value, and they're like, hey, Anthony Hopkins, like, this is our chance to get him in there. Like, it's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so the decisions made, especially in the last two episodes of what gets included are, it's, I feel like, 
we've been conditioned, you know, to think that this Hannibal one, like, honestly, isn't that bad in comparison to everything else. Yeah, it's uh, it's something where I see this, I'm like, I'm mad, but like, it's it's the normal kind where I'm like, ugh. Like not not yeah, one where I'm not... like, oh, what the hell? Why am I watching this? Like, yeah, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. My thoughts on the kiss, um, yeah. Again, <laughs> it just reminds me of the of the kiss at the end of um, a video game called Sly Cooper, where um, there's like the cop character and Sly, and like. <laughs> during the last like bit she like helps him and she's like i'll give you like 10 seconds to get away and like the final cutscene of that movie is just like him counting to 10 like getting closer and closer and then he kisses her and then handcuffs her to like the railing and escapes um and i really liked that as a kid i thought that was cool and that's what this reminds me of but this one was just kind of eh whereas that one was awesome <laughs> yeah it's hard to say um oh Another thing I think I mentioned in this movie is, um, sorry, I'm just thinking it's really funny you compared this to Sly Cooper. Yeah, well, it's just like it's like uh, I just thought of like kisses that end with a character like it's a trick kiss. They're getting handcuffed. <laughs> it's just a really funny comparison. Boy. <laughs> That's all I could think of after that point. Um, yeah, it's this. Is happens in movies it's not just like Sly Cooper and Hannibal it's... well uh, that's the only example I know of <laughs> well now I guess yeah. two also this is going to go long again but I, we're just leaning into it we do the long episodes now that's our thing but yeah. <laughs> listen so Anthony Hopkins is nominated for best villain but he loses to and I think this is particularly egregious Jim Carrey in How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> Listen, at any point did Anthony Hopkins eat glass and make it look I mean, tasty? No, here's my thing. <laughs> How the Grinch Stole Christmas is a very bad movie. But Jim Carrey is explicitly not the villain of that piece. <laughs> what do you what do you mean? I may not have finished it, but he hated Christmas. <laughs> that doesn't make him the bad guy it's a whole film about how he's misunderstood and the who's are the real villains because they're material like, Jeffrey Tambor's the villain like it's I don't know is, is he green and has fuzzy fingers I don't think so <laughs> to be clear if Jim Carrey was the villain of How the Ranch Stole Christmas maybe it'd be closer to like the book like one of my issues with that film is when you make the who's materialistic and make it so there is, like, kind of a good reason for his grudge that kind of defeats the point of Grinch. But, yeah. fine, give him Best Villain Academy, whatever. <laughs> like, <it's>... uh... <laughs> Listen. Um, so... Uh... But yeah. Yeah. Those were, uh... Yeah, I guess we can... I guess do we have any more, any more final thoughts on, like, Hannibal? I think we got everything out of there. Um, um, just that, to to my knowledge, well, this is not the f last film we're going to cover where one of the participants in the kiss is a serial killer. But <laughs> oh, no. um, 
Yeah, I know. But I no, the I other one is it. actually like a much better movie yeah. that we'll talk about in a couple weeks. Yeah, I love the. Also, network. this wasn't even the first. Natural Born Killers was the first. Like, oh yeah, say. but they were they were they were both so it cancels out. But it's also weird that MTV keeps nominating films where one of the characters is like actively a murderer. Yeah, like, I think just... I think a lot of times they're putting the they're putting the cart before the horse with like picking these movies where they they have like oh like. I want this. I like this actor, or I like this movie. And they aren't. They aren't thinking about the kiss, you know. And that's why. That's why we're here, you know, to be able to to be able to expose that, you know. Yeah. So, what are your movie rankings for this? Oh one? yeah, my movie. Um, at the bottom, uh, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm gonna put Bounce. Um, super compelling opening that just that just peters out throughout the whole movie. Um. I think after that, I would probably put Hannibal, just because I was very confused for good reason, because it's a sequel. Um, I was fully convinced that like Hannibal Lecter was like somebody like Dracula or Candyman, where you just they're they're not connected movies; they just have a bunch of movies. Um, and then after that, I think I would just put like Scary Movie, just because of like nostalgia and like honestly, there are some like really good jokes here as well. Like I think it is like a solid watch. Um, and then, uh, come, you know, it's in first place. So, like, second place would be Save the Last Dance. I think it has um, a much better, like, sort of, rom- like, a much better, like, rom- relationship conflict or, like, relationship wedge than Bounce did by far. Because um, I think it, like, it, like, maps onto, like, real world issues. It isn't because characters are, like, stupid and lying to each other. I think it comes from, like, very, like, I guess like um like realistic like emotions people would have about a situation, um and then the best movie absolutely um would be Castaway. Uh, I've if if you were to tell me that Castaway is like a great movie, I would be like yeah probably, but I'm never gonna watch it unless of course I I start a podcast or I have to watch a bunch of movies. Um, yeah, absolutely, ten out of ten, great movie. Yeah, Castaway, like, yeah, this is one where it's going to be pretty easy to tell what our number one is. Next week will also be very easy to tell what our number one is. Um, (laughs) I think so, too. Yeah, so my list, I'm at the bottom, because, look, Bounce, at the very least, has a very good Gwyneth Paltrow performance. Yeah. Anthony Hopkins, great, brilliant actor, but also someone who occasionally mentions that he, he does roles where he's like, oh yeah, no acting required. And I'm not saying the Hannibal is one of those, but like, <laughs> he's not giving it his all in yeah. this one. Um, I think if in Bounce people ate brains, it would definitely bump it up. If a lot of things happen differently in Bounce, <laughs> it would have bounced it up. Uh, yeah. yeah. Bounce is next. And then, yeah, I think Scary Movie, which again, is not a great movie not brilliant by any means obviously spook films become a whole thing but yeah hey it has some good jokes and if you're gonna have like some cringy like mentally challenged rubber jokes at the very least this one has the decency to reveal that he was faking it the whole time (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is again and then yeah save the last dance just a a striking it's fun it's funny like i I had assumed we'd be covering like more, like teen, just teen movies in yeah. the early runs, especially because there's so many iconic ones in the '90s. 
-hmm. but it's really only been this last couple of years that we've had, <laughs> we've had, had these. a lot of like, yeah a lot of like teen romance yeah yeah and it's really good like yeah. there's strong chemistry with the leads but yeah again you just can't beat castaway which is one of tom hanks like best performances and helen hunt also just stunning in it yeah oh yeah two amazing leads absolutely yeah, but how does best kiss play out uh, you'd be surprised that it plays out pretty similarly honestly um i think the best <laughs> kiss at the bottom um it would have to be hannibal um completely outclassed by the one in sly cooper so it's it's not even the best handcuffed kiss that i know um also again non-consensual yeah kiss. exactly but borderline disqual disqualifiable honestly um yeah yeah i think if it would have lasted like three or four seconds longer it probably would be uh, bordering on on uncomfortability to the max um Ooh. after that uh i would say just like scary movie just because it's like it's like Barely a kiss, honestly. It's more just like a setup to a bunch of sex jokes that I didn't understand as a kid. Um, <laughs> and then begrudgingly, I probably have to put the bounce one because, despite it being, you know, uh, a pretty pretty bad movie overall, um, I think, like like you said, um, uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow performance is really, really good, and I think like the kiss scene is also like really sweet. Like it's pretty, it's pretty sappy, honestly, and I and I I like that. Um, but it it's in terms of like romance and stuff, I think it is outclassed by the uh, Save the Dance Kiss, which would be my second. Which means that my top would also be Castaway. Um, rain kisses are gonna have a huge bias because like I didn't actually know this until you, you, you mentioned it earlier in the podcast that like yeah there there's so much effort and honestly they're so worth it honest. They're they're fantastic. They look beautiful. Um from what I from what little I know about a, a one in the future, um the notebook. I assume the notebook has one similarly based on like the clips I've seen randomly over the internet. Yeah. Um, and of course um Spider Man. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that doesn't count because it's upside down, which means that half the rain's going in the wrong direction. But um, for one of the characters, yeah, Spider Man is a whole other degree of uncomfortable, which we're gonna get to. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah that's those... a couple episodes from now. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, um, yeah, mine is gonna play out. I think mostly similar. Yeah, Hannibal at the bottom, then scary movie. Bounce has, like, the degree... Again, Ben Affleck and Gwyneth Paltrow dating for three years. Like, I definitely worse yeah. their favor there. And, yeah, I'm... Yeah, very torn between these yeah. last two kisses. Like, say, say the last dance, a classic. Like, yeah, I get why they went for this one. Like, mm -hmm. it's, Absolutely. Yeah, and Castaway is... Yeah, there too. Um... Yeah, I might also have to, like, give it to Castaway in the end, like, go, yeah, align with my co-host there, but, mm -hmm. like, but I'll say it's very close. It like, super there's close. a chance I issue yeah. a correction at some point and go, oh, save the last dance. Yeah, like, I think, like, the, I think, like, the maturity of, like, the Castaway one and, like, what it sort of, like, what it sort of meant to the story also helps a lot. Because um, it's like it's not like it's a it's a kiss goodbye, and I think that's like what elevates it to like be so, so like bittersweet, like infinitely bittersweet to it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. So that brings us in on interesting that like the two that the two best movies had the two best kisses. That yeah. that doesn't always happen, <laughs> yeah. but it's all it, it was it was happy this time, I think uh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that about brings us to the end of two thousand one. Yeah. What's your recommendation of the week, Ben? Oh geez, I hadn't been thinking about this. Um my recommendation of the week. Um I think I'm gonna make it because I talked about video games a little bit. Um go and play uh Bayonetta One. I think it's available on almost literally everything. It's on like Switch, it's on Steam, it's on everything. I think it's on PS4 now. Um it is like unironically like my favorite game. I don't think about it often, but whenever I'm playing it, I'm like, oh yeah, this is my favorite, literally my favorite game ever. So I just have so much fun with it. Um and maybe you'll enjoy it too. Um I definitely played it. Um, while watching half of these movies. <laughs> um, uh, so it is It is a lovely... I really like it. I like that game. It's super fun. And that is my recommendation of the week. Oh, cool. Okay, so... Fine. Come back on a few things. There's a chance... Well, this comes out in two weeks, so it still should be around, but... There's a film called Jungle Cruise. It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Emily Blunt in a movie based on a Disney theme park ride. And it's, look, the high mark for Disney movies based on theme park rides will always be Pirates of the Caribbean. This isn't going to, like, top that one. But Jungle Cruise, like, pretty damn fun. Like, a lot of good beats and some fun action. And, like, yeah, just very enjoyable. Um, the Rock is someone who often in recent years will just put no effort into a performance and coast on his cool guy persona. And Jungle Cruise, I think, mostly it works because it allows him to play um, kind of different elements where his character is a bit of a con man. And even when he becomes more of the noble type, there is some interesting bits where the character has an underlying sense of like kind of regrets and exhaustion at what's going on that I think adds a lot and um Jesse Plemons like who Pearson Dunst's husband plays a German prince who talks in a super exaggerated accent it's really funny and one of Dwayne The Rock's cons is he gets into a fight with a tiger who's actually his pet. It's... Also, at one point, he threatens to feed a little girl to, like, a boa constrictor. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, um, it... Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um... Wait, um, I have a secondary. So I just thought of this, and I feel like if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget it forever. Um Go watch the movie Tag. I know it seems like it's a bad movie, but it's a great movie. <laughs> oh yeah, well, I feel like enjoy I, Tag. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I don't know why that entered my brain, but it did, and I I don't know when it's gonna enter my brain again. But like, it it looks like an awful movie, and I didn't watch the trailer for it, but I'm assuming the trailer makes it look like an awful movie. It is an amazing movie. <laughs> There's a joke that's maybe borderline too far, but it, yeah. it's gonna be a matter of personal taste. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but sure. So on that note, um, besides tag, is there anything you want to plug this week, Ben? Oh yeah. Um, 
you can find my Twitter um, at FUTALBE, uh, F-U-T underscore A-L-B-E-E. Uh, you can also find me on my Instagram, which is uh, not2pens, so that's uh, N-O-T underscore 2 underscore P-E-N-S. Um, and those are my two social medias that I remember the password to. Hey. Um, cool. So you can find me on Twitter at like a Wolverine. You can find me and a list of films we cover that will maybe one day be ranked based on my personal tastes on Letterboxd, also at like a Wolverine. Um, our theme song is done by Matt Samard. Um, a fellow I make fun of a lot, but I miss a lot, and I'm gonna go to his new house at some point. Oh yeah, I, I went there and I played Smash Brothers a couple days ago. It's re- it's really nice. Um, and then yeah, Ben does the art. It's good. Thank you. You can our Twitter is Gold Popcorn Pod. Our email is pastthegoldenpopcorn at gmail dot com. Um, I might start an Instagram for us at some point, just because so I don't have to plug the show on my personal Instagram every week yeah uh if you like this show let's do new podcast stuff like rate review subscribe and yeah i think that's everything i gotta say except to tell you what's coming up for next week so next week 2002 in quite the episode um we have also apologies since this is definitely gonna be one where there's a couple name pronunciations I'm iffy on. So, for 2002, the nominees are Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor, Moulin Rouge, Mia Kirshner and Beverly Pulshin, Not Another Teen Movie, Heath Ledger and Shannon Sossamon, A Knight's Tale, Renee Zellweger and Colin Firth, Bridget Jones' Diary, and the winner is Jason Biggs and Sean William Scott, American Pie 2. <laughs> oh. It's one of, one of my, gonna yeah. be a fun kiss to talk about. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I... We're not gonna have to have a long conversation about, like, the history yeah. of homophobia or whatever, but, like, it's... Yeah, yeah. It's, exactly. it's, it's a kiss that sucks. It shouldn't have won. Yeah. We'll get into it. It's like. Yeah, I'm so, I, I can't wait for next week when I actually sit down and watch American Pie 2 and I come and I actually love the kiss. I think uh, it's actually quite nuanced and, <laughs> and was a giant great step. Um, Look, American Pie 2 has some good bits in oh, okay. it. It's just I, not one of them. Yeah, bits. I can imagine so. Yeah. Especially considering like what it beat out. Like, I. Mm, yeah. Oh. Also, next it's funny because next week is essentially a bunch of comedies and then Moulin Rouge. Hey, Moulin Rouge is unironically a laugh riot. Okay, it is. Yeah, but it's move. but comedy is like it's secondary. Yeah, I like yeah. intention with that film. Um, but we'll get into all of this next week. Yeah. Yes. All right. You all stay safe out there. Um. Don't eat brains. I know how much I gushed about the eating brain thing, but uh, don't do it. I think that's like how I think that's how cows get mad cow disease. Probably, you probably could get something bad from it. Uh, yeah, pass that golden popcorn, not that golden brain corn. Exactly. <laughs>
Mmm, <laughs> brain corn. Yeah. <laughs> Just remember, I'm not going to top brain corn, so we're going to quit while we're ahead. Goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Goodbye.